Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Josh, your host, and I'm joined as always by Randy Hunter and Josh, the other one. Exactly. Yeah. We get that a lot. We work yeah. together, and it's like somebody called earlier and like, hey, good afternoon. This is Josh. Which one? <laughs> Which one are you <laughs> mad at? <laughs> Not that one. Well, hey, uh, I'm glad. I feel, I feel like we're a little weird here. We don't really know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> New scenario because Hunter has a kid. Woohoo! So his house is off limits. Carter Bug. If up, anybody dude? has suggestions for sleep deprivation, <laughs> they are welcome. We'll definitely uh, get into that in just a moment. We want to celebrate with Hunter, but we are kind of in a different scenario. We've, we've upgraded our equipment. I never knew the day would come. I thought it would. All those just... advertisements and investors, man. man yeah, it's pretty awesome. Better equipment. Thank you, Athletic Greens. <laughs> AG1. <laughs> One scoop a day. <laughs> so hopefully... Uh, and the pens. Hopefully we can, <laughs> we can get this uh, sounding good and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but we're also not only changing our microphones, we're in a different spot today. And so, um, yeah, it's just a little bit... We're figuring it out. A little bit different. Yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. That's what I like to say. And it's hot. We're athletes. It is hot. It's hot. It's 107 today. Ridiculous. Not there yet. But. I mean, thankfully, you know, we we put off getting to 100 for a while, and then it came in with a vengeance, you know. Agreed. Like, normally we have a, quite a few 100-degree days before now, and then, like, last week all of a sudden it just... Yeah, June's been wild, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't touch triple digits on our vacation. We normally are, you know, out there sweating all day. Yeah. You know, on the boat in the lake, whatever, and it was it was very mild. And so I, I said, we're just gonna that. we're gonna delay it a little bit and turn it up a few degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah, and awesome. so um, my wife and I were discussing where to go on our family vacation, and um, my choice was to Redosa in the mountains, where you know it's a balmy eighty eight degrees on a hot Man. day. Uh, and her suggestion was uh, Jellystone Park in Kerrville. Where next week when we go there, it'll be 111 degrees every day. And probably so nice. humid, like 100% nice. humidity. I just got back from work uh, in Colorado. It was 40 degrees in the morning mm. and about 75 at the heat of the day. It was Gosh, very nice. Mm. I choose church camps for our students based solely on temperature, not activities, not fun. <laughs> it's like I don't want to sweat to death. And yeah. so, yeah, we're going to New Mexico for church camp. Yeah, I was born born and bred in, in Texas, and I'm like, man, I love Texas, Texas all the way through and through, and, and that still is the thing, but then I tasted a New Mexico summer one time, mm-hmm. and she was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we were kids, and uh, we were part of that independent, fundy church? That's right. We had to wear pants to summer yeah. camp. Oh my god! Uh, it's, it's okay though. Pants. It's okay because we went to summer camp in Looters beside Abilene, oh, so god. it was 110 yeah. degrees, yeah. and we were playing. That's my tire, buddy, with sweatpants. Yeah, with sweatpants. <laughs> sweatpants and Wranglers. I'm yeah. not kidding. It's true story. Oh and the pastor's wife was in culottes, no, I and I was furious. Because <laughs> yeah. I could see the top of her ankles, and I just couldn't hardly get past it. <laughs> Three-on-three basketball <laughs> tournament. Sweatsuits. Oh, in jeans and sweatpants. Yeah, That's it how it was, bro. Uh, pair of Wranglers and Levi's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> chafing like nobody's business. But. Uh, we were kind of on the, on the edge of that. One summer I went, and it was, it was like that. And... Uh, you know, we disbanded with that church uh, church camp because rightfully so. Well, we were in we shorts. played like some sort of like um, big house in the main. You guys remember that audio adrenaline song? Yeah. And they were like, "Hey, you guys can't come with us anymore." 
<laughs> for real. <laughs> for the audio <laughs> Rebels. Yeah. The best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, your reference to That's My Tire Buddy, that was a pretty epic game. <laughs> yeah. Man. That was, uh, That's what made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Was, that, that was great. <laughs> so as a little kid, I was terrified. As a big kid, it was great. It was awesome. Just dragging people across Hunter, the Hunter, do you know what that game no, is? No clue. So there's literally a, po- a pile of spare tires in the middle. Maybe nice. like 10. Then you have four teams. They say go. You rush like a, in, a square, and right? your job is to get as many tires across your line as you can. And it's big it, spare tire, like like a tractor spare tire. No, like, like a, a truck car, car like tires. Okay, okay, but like you're literally dragging each other. Like yeah. you and your team are. Nice. So you got linemen like Randy going up, like with the other high school kids, and it's like it's brutal. Like there's got, blood. You got pull it all different directions. Yeah, oh, yeah. just whoever could muscle it the most. It was, it was nice. fun. It's 115 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. and we're sure. in pants, tires and it's like you know dust going everywhere. It really is amazing that we didn't have a heat stroke and all that stuff, but. We were tougher. Kids are too soft yeah. these days. They couldn't oh, handle it. Too soft. So, dude, could soft. you imagine? I, I would I would like for them to live in our day for like yeah. just 12 months. Oh, you know? the tire? Oh, yeah. that's going to get dirty. And all the men <laughs> from the World War II era would be like, They're <laughs> <laughs> saying the same thing about us. <laughs> exactly oh, right. you're tough? Okay. Yeah, exactly right. We built those tires. <laughs> I did slice my thumb open the other day. You can kind of see it a little bit with uh, my bench made. Not a sponsor, but we'd take them if they would. Uh, did you get stitches? No, I just put a Band-Aid on it. I went, oh! And then just clamped pressure down like they taught me back in the field. And then just put a Band-Aid on it for a few days. Is that a Boy Scout reference or what? What feels? <laughs> Take what you want. I don't know. Whatever you think. Some of my quality parenting this last week when we were on vacation, uh, my youngest 11-year-old son got stuck by a bee. And I found it. It was a wasp. And I found it hilarious. Uh, he screamed at the top of his lungs, was running around, and then just kind of fell over. Uh, and I could not stop laughing. And uh, that was not great on my part. But it only hurt for a couple minutes, and he was back to normal. He's fine. He didn't, like, swell up or anything. Uh, but I thought it was awesome. That's so was good. So only fun. time I've ever been stung by a wasp, we were um, at track practice. For some reason, they had me run around the whole campus of the school. Just me. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm as far away from the track as I could get. Josh Law just figured out he wasn't part of the team. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> they were just sending him off. They didn't have the heart to tell me. I'm as far away from the track as I could possibly be. And this thing lands on my shoulder. And I was like, what is that? And then it stung me. Yeah. And I, could, I couldn't do anything. Maybe that's what toughened me up. <laughs> Come to find out, apparently my wife has never been stung by a wasp or bee or anything what? like yeah, that. Just yeah, one for me. Just shocking. one for me. So. I was mowing yesterday, and I walked to the back gate, and I opened it, and our gate's uh, metal, so there's a little spot underneath it where it's mm. just open, and I hit that, I mean, I pulled it up, and about six of them just rolled out, and I sprinted so <laughs> fast in sandals. I, I actually like, meant to talk to you about that. When, oh, I, when we mowed your lawn, Woo. I got stung in the back of my head. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm not joking. It hurt so bad. It was brutal. I just kept I, mowing, though. I bet it was so funny if you had caught like it on that. video. I'm, I'm built different. I'm built different. Just kept, yeah, I kept running that day. <laughs> Built different. Cool. Well, uh, a lot of things have happened. I think some of us have taken vacations. Uh, Hunter, congratulations. Thank you. Yep. I, I remember, I guess, last podcast you said that you guys were approved and were making plans, but you're... You had your first official Father's dad. Day, man. You're, you're a baby full daddy now, dad. baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. How's it feel? It's good. It's awesome. Yeah. You tired? Tired. Super tired. <laughs> that 4 a.m. feed, that's usually my time zone. That's, that's tough. my time slot. Man. Good, so. yeah. Just enjoy it, man. It's not going to be there forever. I know, yeah. Well, we once it passes, yeah. you'll, you'll be like, man, I wish there was a 4 a.m. feed. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> ever. 
But yeah, we, we were talking about it before we started the podcast. But you know, I was sitting there helping Lauren fold clothes, and I was just holding up the little onesie, and I was like, it just kind of hits you. You're like, dang, yeah. he's not going to wear this very long. It does go fast. He's going to move out of this, so I'm trying to soak it all in. Even as hard as it is, it's fine. Drink snacks, Josh. <laughs> I'm a little thirsty. You got, some gold, you got some goldfish over there too. <laughs> I didn't have coffee this morning. I'm trying to get a little caffeine here, so I don't have a 4 a.m. feed, but I'm still kind of tired. Dude, I drove by the church and I saw your Jeep there at seven, and I thought, "There's no way Lyles is actually at the church at seven a.m." No so way. yesterday was Father's Day. Parked it uh, over across the street, and after church, we just went and did our Father's Day stuff, and then. Uh, I walked out of the house this morning. I was like, hmm, <laughs> something's missing. I, I, just, I, I drove home with a family yesterday and left it here. So whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, definitely not here at 7. Um, Did you get your steps in this morning? Nah. <laughs> no. My, I made my wife get out of bed. Oh, right here. my gosh. Dude, it's half a mile. <laughs> so? I've done it before. He it's has. It it's a time. great story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so so it, was, it was probably a few months ago. And, you know, Josh lives around the corner from me, and I live around the corner from the church, and so it's not very far for either of us to to so, get here. Um, I'm six blocks. Josh is like four or five blocks, for real. And I'm not the most organized person in the world, and sometimes, really, like my my keys, <laughs> my keys are my nemesis. I just don't like. Sometimes I just don't know where they are. <laughs> and so I woke up, and I, I was kind of kind of rushing because I'm not always the earliest either. And so I was like, man, I'm trying to trying to find my keys. Couldn't find them. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's only three blocks away, five blocks away, whatever. And so I put my backpack on and walked down the street. Saw f- several friends of mine drive by and wave at me. But also, rather than just it. calling me to come get him real quick, again, it's five blocks from the church at the most. Yeah, but it wasn't your keys. Ten minutes. It wasn't your problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, it was maybe six minutes, I think, I got here. And then I opened my backpack to get my computer out. My keys are in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> So then I had Josh take me home to get my Jeep instead of coming to pick me up. So good. Yeah, so it happens. It happens. Fine. Well, hey, we're, we're really excited. I think um, we're bringing you food tonight, so. Better be good. Uh, well. Hey, banana pudding was fire. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah, that's become my specialty recipe. I mean, like the school asks for it sometimes, like PTO stuff. It really I mean. is so good. So it's pretty easy, too. So, uh, well, yeah, we're excited to meet him. His name's Josh? No. What? Absolutely. No. You told me you named him after me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Carter. Oh, very like good. Like Vince Carter, the basketball player. Is that who you named him after? No. no. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only Carter I Just know. Sounds Coach like Carter? It. Coach Carter. Yeah. That's No, that's Coach K. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. That's different. That's Duke basketball. Sorry. Cool. We're, we're excited. I know um, my wife went over to your house the other day, and my little girls were, were upset. Marley, the youngest one, was like, you got to see baby Carter before me. Excuse me. So. <laughs> Uh, so we're we're proud of you. We're glad for you. If we could do anything besides the four a.m. feeding, let us know, and we'd Amen. be glad to do that. Because two a.m. I've done no. <laughs> I've done my share. We've had three kids, and so the first one was like that. I was like you, like oh yeah, I'm gonna. And the second one was like mm, every once in a while, and third was like, now nah, you're good. Yeah. You got it. I gotta go to work. That's pretty much how it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Definitely waiting for that point. Anybody else have anything? I mean, you can't top that, right? Nobody no. else became a dad no. over. The last month. Hey, I was I was listening to something or reading something the other day, and I came across this question, and I think this is a great time for us to discuss these types of things. We're all sort of sports fans. Three of the four of us ain't bad. I love sports. I think we should get together at somebody's house and watch a game. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can do that every day. It's great. Big sports guy. So someone posed this question. What is the most likely that a common person could do? So our commonalities are different, right? Like I'm not as good of an athlete as some of you guys. My, my celebration story was being carried off the court in basketball <laughs> after I made a free throw because it was the only point I ever made in Amen. my career. Randy, you were an all-state football player. So we're different. Yeah, right. All district? All district. All district. All That's area, too. All area. Yeah. That's almost all state. <laughs> so here's the thing. What, what do you think is most likely making an NBA basket, completing a pass in the NFL, recording a hit off of a major league pitcher, or lasting one minute in some sort of fighting venue, MMA, boxing, I'll just start with the negative. I don't think we could do any of them. Um, yeah, I think we can do one. No. Okay, way, so like, so yeah. here, here's well, my here's my initial thoughts. I watched I watched Odessa High play Permian in basketball one time. High school boys, they were so big and so fast at the high school level. I can't imagine like the NBA like being in the game and trying to get a shot off and it going in. Like it's it's crazy. It's beyond what you could imagine. Not only that. I think me and you, Josh Lyles, we went into the batting cage a couple years ago, and I, my bat speed is so slow. Like, I couldn't even hit off the pitching machine at, like, 70 or 80. Like I, it was bad. Like, I whiffed 20 times in a row. Like, it was very embarrassing. Um, so, I think those two are out for me. The NFL pass, if it was a screen pass, maybe. There you go. No, that's easy. Maybe. He's wide open. Yeah. MMA fight, not a chance you could last a minute. With a real dude, like, you would – it would be – Less than five seconds and you're done. Can you imagine being hit by somebody who knows how to hit? <laughs> Bro, terrible dude. dude. I saw I saw somebody the other day and it wasn't even a uh, like well known fighter. They were boxing, and he hits this dude in the face, and like his face disfigures, snot comes oh, out, oh, goes no. from his nose into his mouth. It was oh, like the ultimate God. humiliation, and I thought there's no way, there's no way, my head would fly off my body. Just taking a body shot. Just to the ribs? <laughs> like, you see all those videos these days of those dudes in street fights just getting knocked out, you know, unconscious on street fights. I just, I don't know. I want to be yeah. tough, but I, don't, I just know I'm not built like that, man. There used to be a show called Pros vs. Joes. Y'all ever see this? Yeah, man. It was, yeah. like, from 2006, 2010. Was it Joe boxing? Rogan? Or was it, no, like... No, so it was, it was what we're discussing. Like, like they would get... Oh, okay. They would get athletes, and these guys were collegiate athletes. Minor colleges, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what their minors were in college, but... <laughs> And they would go compete against these has-beens, and they they couldn't even do it against the has-beens, yep. you know. It would be awesome just to watch, like, these guys go across the middle, bah, just get blown up. Yeah. As I look at this list, again, I think I think the chances of me doing any of them are zero. <laughs> but I think I would have the best chance of completing an NFL pass. Mm-hmm. Um Again, short throw. Right? <laughs> yeah, a little screen, <laughs> pass, a screen pass or something. Bubble. Uh, Next would be the NBA basket, although I think it's impossible. You know, we just watched the so finals fast. and all that. They're fast, they're big, they're strong, and it's at inches. I mean, they're you know, they're shooting the ball just inches yes. over guys that are, you know, and I mean, And they're making it from deep with great defense. Yes. And they're making them yes. consistent. Like it's just yes. a, it's insane. I think it would get swatted up to the upper deck if I actually no tried. Doubt. But <laughs> according to this list, I think I think you know that would have to be second. Um, MLB getting a hit in MLB was always last for me. 
It had to be because a bunch. I just don't think, yeah, I don't think it's possible. But then yeah. you have to run. I don't even know if I can, <laughs> I don't even know if I can lean there. into it, Dorn <laughs> style, fast enough uh, to actually be hit by the ball. Um, have you I, seen that? Sorry to interrupt. Have you seen know. that video of the math of like how like with the regular pitch, like, yes. mm-hmm. like how long it like, takes you to to register that the ball's coming? Yeah, and then for you to begin to swing like. It's insane. Yeah. It's like millisecond. Less, less than a blink, I think. I think if yeah. it was a fastball, I would never, ever catch it. And I think even if yeah. they told me, hey, I'm going to throw you a curveball at 70 miles an hour, I still would not <laughs> be able to make hand-eye court and yes. not actually contact the ball. Even yeah. if I knew what the pitch was yeah. ahead of time. Dude, it's so, so difficult. I, I don't yeah. think I could ever do that. It was um, hard for me to hit off a of JV kids <laughs> <laughs> as an adult. Uh, but then, obviously, when you we're talking about MMA stuff, if you have somebody aggressively coming after you, that's got to be last because I mean, even if I did like sixty a, seconds is so long. And even if I oh, God, dude, even trying to run around the ring, yeah, just away from I mean, me. they're going to catch you and they're going to hurt you. I mean, it, even my kids right now, they'll they'll do something. I'll grab their pinky and just twist it, and you know, they'll start screaming or whatever. You can kind of grab onto anything and. These guys know what they're doing. They can hit, the, hit you, kick you, submit you. Theo Kevin, Kevin James can do it, though. I mean, yeah. Theo Vaughn. Here I comes saw, the boom. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a clip where Theo Vaughn was, like, talking to Jocko Willink, the former Navy SEAL, also <laughs> yeah. black belt jiu-jitsu. He was like, I could last you, like, a round or, like, a minute. Jocko's like, no. He's no, like, no, nah, but, like, and Jocko's like, no. He's like, he keeps throwing all these scenarios. Jocko's like, dude, you're not going to win. Like, you're not going to have a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. how I feel. So, that's me. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, in that order. With the chances, again, being zero, yeah. that any of those actually could happen. Yeah, zero for me, too. Hunter, you were, you were confident, though. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Making a basket in the NBA. Dude, if you get enough chances to just throw it backwards. <laughs> I mean, just, dude, I'm telling you, he's up on it. Dude, you just chuck it behind your head, you're going to make it eventually. Dude, their wingspans, though, dude. I mean, their arms are so long. Dude, he can't so block tall. the shot over. Can, oh, yes, he can. It'd be a foul. It'd be over the back. So would a free throw count if we hey, got fouled? He's going to swat it three or four foot above your head. When you throw it, he's going to jump up. It's No, at that point, it'd be coming down, so that'd be goaltending. So... Dude, I remember Easy playing uh, – we, we had, like, this rec league on Saturdays at the college when, where I went to school. And it wasn't – they weren't good players. And it was us as the school. And we played – I think we played uh, the church that Randy used to work at. I used to work there too, but I wasn't there at the time. There was this big Farmer John dude. I was like, surely he's not any good. And he played post. So I'm out on the wing, and they give me the ball, and I shoot this three. And this guy's probably 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and then all of a sudden, I mean, like, he closes in, and I'm like, this guy looks like he's closer. Like, pa! And that ball goes 10 rows deep into the stands. Yeah. Well, that's a Farmer John dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I can't. What imagine. did you do after that? I was like, oop. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing you could do. It's just, like, <laughs> shameful. It was like, like oh, my bad. That was my bad. I was getting impressed. Like, again, watching those, the finals and the conference finals and all that. I mean, just the way those guys put the ball up, and they, I mean, they—they—they're they, running high, so fast, high off the backboard because somebody's coming and swinging and missing it by just an inch, and then to to have the, Dude, the finger. I roll bet we couldn't even. Yeah, I amazing. bet we couldn't even run full speed and make a layup yeah. unguarded. Like yeah. that's hard to like slow down and have a soft mm-hmm. touch. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. it is. Well, and even too, man. Like you know, you're watching that. And, the, they're shooting these impossible shots and they're hitting the rim. Like this, that was way off. And I'm yeah. like, I'd count that actually. If I hit the rim, I just go ahead yeah. and call it good at that point. You know, Half but point. Like, it's way off. I think a know? pass wouldn't be that bad either, because if you have a pro style wide receiver and you just throw it up, you get lucky and catch it. 
Or a dump pass. Or the dude's going to cut butt between you and pick it off before yeah. it ever gets there. He might. I don't know. <laughs> Just a little fade. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the, the game is not how many interceptions do you throw before you complete <laughs> yeah. a pass. Yeah, who do you complete the pass? The question is just one pass. Are you completing the pass to the offense or the defense? Because that changes things. Yeah. But hitting a uh, in the MLB, hitting a fastball? No. Not a chance. No. I've seen 95 a couple of times. No. It's not happening. I did I hit off you. of uh, yeah. the, the – I don't, I don't even think I saw it. The uh, the sign outside the batting cage said eighty, and I, I hit that last year, the batting cage. But I was like, I think that's one I whiffed. I but can't I remember like, the speed, but it was bad. But it's so easy because it comes just right down the middle, you know. Oh, and okay, I was like, rude. No, I was waiting. <laughs> so easy, waiting for it to <laughs> green stroke, <laughs> bro. No. For real. So Lyle's is really good at baseball. I've played. We play like. <laughs> Well, we play like home run derby and stuff. Like Any of my old coaches listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying baseball stats or an actual game? Like just like just like a slow pitch hit. Like he can crush the ball really good. But I'm telling you, that batting cage, I had no chance. And I don't know what I was doing wrong. I felt like I was so close, and I just did not hit it. Was it the yellow balls? Yeah. Or yeah. was it a baseball? And I'll tell you, it took like four tokens before I figured it out. So it's not like it was just like two. Well, I was I impressed until you said that, dude. So I take it back. <laughs> What do you think it would be like to be hit by like oh a 95 gosh. or 100 mile an hour like fastball? No, terrible. I can't imagine. Dude, take it off the elbow? Yeah. Dude, one Ooh. time I was in uh, – I, I was playing in high school. I'll never forget we were playing. He was just – he was throwing just watermelons up there, like just so slow. And I'm thinking, this guy is weak. And so I'm a lefty, but I hit as a righty. And so my throwing, my throwing elbow is to the pitcher. So oh, he's throwing me inside. I feel like I've never heard this story, but I cannot wait, dude. <laughs> he's throwing me inside, and I'm like, dude, this guy's a wuss. And so he's close, and so I just reached my elbow out, and I took it off the elbow, and I was like, that hurt maybe a little bit more than I thought it was going to. <laughs> and I run, get to first, inning's over, I roll up my sleeve, I look, you can see the laces on there, and uh, go to center field. I was playing center field, and we're trying to warm up the other guy, and I threw it, it went like three feet in front of me. <laughs> I just lost all use of my arm, and I was like, this was a bad idea. Oh, man. So I can't Did imagine taking score? 95. I don't think so. Oh. Probably not. I made, made it to third. Probably got picked off what about first. that? <laughs> what about that guy a while back in the Rangers got hit in the jaw? That, oh, yeah. that picture was awful. It was. Mm. So I don't think I have a chance at any of this. Same. I think the most I think realistic. Like yeah. 17 times. We just want to make it clear to our audience. <laughs> the only one that has it is Hunter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I think he's got that new dad energy. Chances, he wants dude. to be a hero for his son. I've, I've given up the opportunity to be a hero for my kids. Like if you would have said like 10 chances for each one. No. But if we got unlimited chances, dude, we're going to make one. We're so, going to complete a pass. I think if I'm in the shotgun, so I, th- I think if, if I could catch the snap, I could throw a ball out to the flats, and that's the only chance I got. So that running back hopefully catches it. Mm-mm. Couldn't hit the curve or the fastball as a, as a high school player. Can't Same. do it as a pro. Same. Maybe if I'm cherry picking, maybe I can catch the ball fast enough and, and do a hunter and throw it behind my head, make it. Yeah. But if you, like, it, you know, we're talking about – the football stuff we're all talking about throwing it out to the flat or you know if you're talking about throwing downfield you've no. got oh, yeah, defenders no. they're you know, so that are fast. jumping up swatting the ball you have a, an actual window that you know even i don't know man it just the windows i don't we don't think i don't think we understand how tight of a window that yeah. they're putting uh these footballs through and uh and how, just and how quick they have to make that possible. decision yeah. you know yeah yeah like we wouldn't even make it past the line yeah. the lineman would jump up and swat it down well, and just the fact that, too, like even guys like Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, guys like that, I mean, they have a hard time because they have a hard time seeing over the line anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. They make it work, and they're really talented, and they can get throwing lanes and stuff. But for us, I mean, those guys, I mean, yeah, it's 
So we all agree that maybe, just maybe, completing a pass in the flat. Never, ever an MMA fight. No. 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 Boxing. I've seen Deontay or, Wilder, or the boxer, hit somebody before, and I'm like, yeah, it's terrifying. Never, ever baseball either. No. We would never touch it. Never. Oh, and, you know, that's funny because, you know, as a kid growing up, I'm like, oh, man, that guy sucks. Oh, he shouldn't even. Yeah. And he's like, dude, no. Yeah. I, I mean, he would – he would owe me Brian Scalabrini. You guys know that yeah, guy. Yeah, that, that the basketball player. Yeah, I think so it's a great story. Yeah, so he was just like this uh, this tall, oafy looking white dude who um, I guess was probably a sixth man. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like wasn't wasn't ever an all star or anything like that. Is at this uh, rec center, and these guys are like, "Oh, dude, you were you were a scrub. I'll I'll play you. I'll beat you right now. I'll play you for a pair of shoes." And he's like, "Okay," and they didn't even score a point. Like these dudes dominated. were were studs in high school and getting ready to go play college ball, and he just dominated them. And so then there was a thing like he had, he played several games against these kids in high school. I think that's some of the beauty of college. professional athletes, man, is they make it look easy, yeah. and it really does. You're like, well, maybe I could do that, but the reality is, I mean, they're on a whole another level. Well, even like know? tiers among good, like yeah, just to get yeah. to the, like the NBA is insane, but then there's even tiers once you get there yeah. of like greatness, and that's yeah. just beyond my understanding, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't know. The only tears for me in sports are when I cried when I struck out. <laughs> There's a lot of those tears. And when I got hit in the elbow, it hurt. Last podcast, uh, we talked a little bit about daily routines. Is that what it was? We did, yeah. And we teased this idea of the rule of life. And I know, Josh, you've kind of been reading some things and um, maybe figuring out what, what a rule of life is and, and how you can – apply it to your life, how it might help us moving forward. I, I want to maybe just kind of kind of tease that idea amongst us, the, the three of us, uh, the other three of us maybe aren't as well versed in this. And so help us understand. Rule of life, what is it? Why do you think it's important? How can we apply it? What could we expect yeah. to get from it? So when you think rule of life, I think that almost has a negative connotation because you think rule, um, and rules tend to be negative. It's like what you're not supposed to do. But the idea of the rule of life is kind of the, the, the boundaries and kind of the parameters you're putting in place yourself because those parameters and boundaries lead you to life and flourishing. And so you're trying to organize your life in such a way that really you can maximize the life that God's called you to live in and step into the fullness of who God's called, God has created you to be as a man or a woman. And so like the rule of life is is the the rules and the choices that you're going to put in place in your life that you're going to consistently walk in because they lead to flourishing and to help you achieve the goals and the life that you feel like God is asking you to live. And so when you think rule of life, don't think negative, think positive. Like like we're doing these things because they lead to life and to flourishing and because everybody benefits, not just because I don't want to do this. It's like, oh, no, this, this is a, in place because it's for my good, right? Yeah. So. That's kind of the idea of the rule of life, but then for every person it looks different because we're all wired differently. Um, I can tell you what works for me, and that might work for you, but it also may not work for you. And so I've been kind of exploring some of this. Some of this I just kind of do because I'm a routine person. Some of it is like I need to grow in, in a lot of areas because there's some deficiencies in my life. So Cool. So now <clears throat> I know the, the rule of life has been around for a long time. It's kind yeah. of like a, a monastic practice. Yes. Monks? Is that how you say it? Monastic? I think it's monastic. I think, I think it's fine. What did I say? <laughs> Monastic. <laughs> monastic. <laughs> boys from West Texas, boys. <laughs> so it's a monastic, a monastic <laughs> practice. 
but it's it's been around for um, for a long time, hundreds of years. Uh, where did you come across it? Because I know it's it's almost I guess been buried. I I heard about it probably six or seven years ago, but yeah. the, never really thought of it. But it's it's kind of coming um, back around a little bit for me. So so I think it's a lot of different things. Like you know you have like. Like a lot of like the life coach and and some of that, sometimes life coaches dealing with careers. Sometimes there's just coaches that help you think through your life, and they're kind of really like I think people are helping people with rule of life without maybe calling it rule of life. Um, and so I think it's something that we've been I've been kind of thinking through for a while now, but didn't have. I think I'm getting clear language to put to it. Um, the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer talks about rule of life some, and then. I read another book called God in My Everything, um, which, again, talks through kind of rule of life and some of those things. Um, but And so, like, specifically recently, I've read multiple, like, those two books, kind of thinking about it. And then I've been thinking and really trying to apply it to my life. Did, but the, did he write both of those books? Who wrote the second one? It's Ken Shigematsu or something like that. Oh, okay, okay, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's helping me get better language to kind of work through what I've already kind of been thinking for a while and even practicing, but also it showed me a lot of areas where I'm deficient, where I need to kind of rethink through how I'm doing certain things because it's not going as well as it should be. Is the rule of life, is it different from like kind of setting boundaries for yourself or is it kind of the same idea? Is it's kind it of the same idea. Okay. So like one rule of life could be um, you're going to go to bed and wake up on time. Yeah. And so like for me, that's really important. I need good sleep, but also... If I stay up late multiple nights in a row, like I'm a train wreck. Yeah. I can't think. Um, I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. So like for the sake of myself, for the goals that I want to set, for the sake of my kids and my wife and everybody around me, like it's really helpful for me to get a good night of sleep and to go to bed on time and to wake up on time. Yeah. So that's me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, again, so, again, though, stuff happens. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, you know, if we have friends over, I'm supposed to go to bed at 930 and they're still there. I'm like. You know, that I'm like, can y'all please leave so I can go to bed and get my <laughs> yeah. eight hours? Inside, um, you want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> there have been times in the past where, where people are hanging out like, I am going to bed. I love you guys. You can stay as long as you want, you know. But, like, for the most part, it's like I'm just trying to be responsible with my sleep because I know that, especially if you really study sleep and its benefits, uh, getting good nights of sleep um, only has incredible benefits. And yeah. not getting good sleep only has incredible um, deficiencies and problems that come along with it. Like sleep, there's a TED talk called sleep is your superpower that you should probably, we should all watch and consider, but it's very powerful, very important. So that's one area. When you think through a rule of life though, you can think through your spiritual life, your relational life, your mental life, your attitudes. Um, you can think through, um, how you spend your time. You can think through what are the things in my life that give me life, that lead me to joy, that, that really make me enjoy life? What are the things that rob me of life and joy? What are the things that when I do these, I leave sad and I leave depressed? And some of it is just learning more about yourself and then organizing your life with things that help you give life and stepping away from things that bring death. So like for me, what I've realized is the more I scroll social media, specifically reading other people's posts or just scrolling videos of random people, the more I do that, the more I feel, it, it always leaves me empty, depressed, wanting more, like never fulfilled. I might laugh and I might share that video with some people, but like it doesn't lead me to life like other things do. And so I have to either extremely limit that or cut it out. And the extent that I cut it out, I tend to actually be way happier. And so for me, it's not a sin to look at those things, 
Um, it's not wrong. It's not immoral. Um, but it's not good for my soul and I'm learning that. And so I'm trying to organize my life and those things that are robbing my soul of the joy in the, in the, the life that I think God's calling me to, I'm trying to remove those things or minimize them and really focus on the things that do give life. Yeah. So we, uh, when I was, uh, served at a church for nine years and, and we retransitioned a couple of times through leadership and, and our last leader while I was there worked us through the emotionally healthy spirituality book yeah. from Pete Scazzaro. Really and, and he puts a lot of, um, a lot of emphasis around finding that structure. And, and he yep. says, he says that, that the rule of life is, is just kind of like this intentional, um, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. So, so it's not just like, like, like we want to, we want to focus everything, these areas of our life around God so that we can be better, yeah. more functional. Um, and, and, you know, I think you said earlier, just the idea of a rule yeah, kind of makes people feel uncomfortable. Exactly. But it's just structure, right? Like if, if you don't, if you don't have structure, you, you may not do the things that you're yep. supposed to do. Some people can operate that way. Other people need like a timeline or an outline or yep. whatever uh, to go by. So I think it's good. Well, if you have that mindset to start out with, you'll kind of see in your life what areas. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be revealed to you what areas need the most yeah. work. Kind of, a, kind of a begin with the end in mind kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so that's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I read a long time ago. And that's one of the things I come back to all the time is uh, beginning with the end in mind. Um, another really helpful exercise uh, was from Andy Stanley a long time ago, like 15 years maybe. And it was called B Goals. It's most of the time our goals like are seagulls. <laughs> no, B B E <laughs> like bagels, bugles. <laughs> I'm joking. B E goals. So most of our goals are due, right? They're smart. They're they're measurable. They're actionable. They're all these things, right? You can know if you do them. And those are that's how you should set goals that you want to accomplish. The idea of B goals, though, is who do you want to be? Like, what's the the kind of person you want to be? And some people will throw a bunch of random stuff out, like I want to be faithful. I want to be wise. I want to be humble, like whatever your list is, that's fine. Um, but to really clarify what, what is most valuable to you tends to be very clarifying for how you spend your life and a way to help you really think through who you want to be is to just imagine your own funeral and imagine what you want the people to say about you once you're gone. Cause nobody's ever talked, like nobody's talking about my war zone kill to death ratio at my funeral, which is terrible I'm by the way, just for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, but it's fun. But like, you know, you don't, I, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that's kind of crappy of me to assume that you're going to die before me. You're looking at us on a health scale. I'm pretty sure I've got another five or six years. No. So, like, but, like, very few, like, sometimes they're going to talk about your accomplishments at your funeral, but typically what people talk about is the kind of person you were. And so if you can just kind of imagine what are the things that you really care about that you want other people to experience when, when they see you, like when they think about you, when they remember you. So that, that idea is, okay, if you can really nail down three to seven of those qualities that are most important to you, that that's who you want to be when you die, then you come back to right now. Like, what are the choices that I need to make right now so that I can be that kind of person that I want to be um, throughout my life? So they're called beagles. Like, who do you want to be? I think it's a very helpful exercise because depending on what that list is, kind of goes into like, Okay, so I'm going to organize my life. My rule of life is organized like this because I value these things, and this is who I want to be. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. And this, one, this is kind of maybe a hard answer, so if it doesn't go well, we can edit it. 
what would you say to somebody who uh, maybe regularly violates some of their rules of life, right? So they have these rules set up because they know what's best and what's good for them, but a lot of time they give in to comfort or short-term uh, short-term satisfaction and entertainment uh, and kind of uh, set aside those longer-term goals because, it, you know, you think, well, this is just a rule that I've kind of made for myself. Mm-hmm. It's better for me if I do this, but it's not like I'm breaking a law or, you know what I mean? It's just a, my own personal rule. I do think there's an issue when we break promises to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I think it does something to us. Uh, but what would you say to somebody who may be struggling with that? Uh, somebody like just <laughs> hypothetical somebody, <laughs> nobody in particular uh, named Randy. Or just Oh, I thought in, you were talking about me at first. Just, uh, I was like, okay. Just, uh, just hypothetically. Uh, so I think it depends on the person. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you a couple of, I can tell you what I'm doing for myself lately. And I can tell you some things I might could recommend. Okay. Uh, what I'm doing, the conversation I'm having with myself lately is I'm evaluating stuff is like, did, did that really make me happy? Yeah. Um, did like, how did I feel after that? And so I don't think you can live by your feelings, but I think your feelings tend to be indicators. So for example, um, I enjoy playing video games. If I played video games for 10 hours on my day off, at the end, I feel drained and selfish and it, it doesn't, it's not good for my soul. Now, if I play for a couple hours with my kids or with my friends, like that tends to be very life-giving. Yeah. And so I've had to come to terms with that because I love video games and, and, and how to balance that. And I have to be honest with myself that like me just spending a bunch of time on video games and just unplugging, I think there's a, a place for unplugging, but that doesn't actually get me closer to God, which is what Josh said earlier, right? It tends yeah, to sure. jack with my soul a little bit. And so like the conversation when I say, did that really make me happy? Did that really give me what I thought it would give me? And being honest with that answer yeah. and not just saying, yes, video games are awesome and they're life-giving because I want to play them, but actually being honest about what it does to my soul has been huge. And, and, in, and then it goes from, okay, if this is if this is robbing me, like how do I actually navigate this in a way that's going to lead to life and not just mess up who I really want to be and the, the goals I want? And so when I say, does this really make me happy? Like I'm trying to evaluate that experience. And what I found is when I violate that and I live in a way that that doesn't really encourage my soul, it really does it does mess with me. Yeah. Um, but what I've also found is that when I actually walk in the way that I know I'm supposed to be and make good choices, even when they're difficult, um, you feel great. Yeah. Like, like you really do. I think, I think there's some, something in your brain chemistry that actually changes when you make very good, wise choices, even if you don't want to, and even if they're difficult. Yeah. And so I think, so, so part of it is that honesty thing. And part of it is just evaluating. And then it becomes like, when that comes back up again, it's like, Okay, am I gonna am I gonna settle for pleasure? Am I really in this for the long term thinking about joy? And so, if I've evaluated it and I kind of know the answer already, when that temptation comes, it helps me to kind of really think through the. Okay, I want to do this, but this is better. Okay, and I know this is better, and I know if I give into the immediate pleasure right now, it will be fun. Like there'll be some moments of awesomeness, but it's not gonna give me what I want. And like just having those conversations with myself. So part of that's very rational. Part of it is I talk a lot of smack to myself um, because sometimes I feel like I need to, like I need to kind of be a little harsh with myself. Yes, because, because I want to be lazy. I want to be selfish. I don't want to do difficult things like, but I need them. Right. And so that's part of it. Part of it is like, am I really serious about my beagles? Like, like, 
Like you can say, I want to be healthy. But do you? Yeah. And I think at some point you have to have a come to Jesus meeting and say, say, do I really want this? Or is this just a part of my values because I know it should be? Yeah. And and if it's really just, I, I it should be a value, but it's not really a value. You've got to figure out what's causing, like what you want more. Yeah. And I think at some point too, say if it's health, because like that's a difficult one. But if you're consistently breaking your own rules on health, you got to figure out you got to figure out the why behind that. Um, but I think at some point you got to hate where you're at and you got to want to be where you want to be really bad. Yeah. Like I think a lot of reasons we don't change is because at the end of the day we kind of like our laziness. We kind of like like it's e- like we kind of yeah we like the fact that like okay if I really want to lose this weight. I've got to make these choices and it's just easier not to make those hard choices yeah. in the moment. Yeah. It's not good long-term and you hate yourself later yeah. and then you hate yourself when you eat again. Yeah. And then you get mad and you hate yourself when you eat. Again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so it's like, it's like, do I really hate the point where I'm at enough to want to change? Yeah. And if I hate that enough then I'm going to do this. And then when I, I need to do this difficult thing, even if I don't want to, I'm going to have that conversation with myself about who I want to be the why behind it. And then I'm going to think about not just the why behind it, but like the, the temporal versus the long-term effects of this decision. And what I found too, is as you, as you make good decisions, they tend to compile and like atomic habits, they habit stack. And like, like you start making good choices for a week. And then that second week, like it kind of gets a little better and you can add stuff to it. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's really that, it's really that fight of America of like, I want immediate pleasure. I want it my way every single time immediately. Um, and it's that fight cause our culture conditions us for that. But like, that is not good for your soul, heart, mind, body, anything. Right. And so it, you got to have those, those conversations. You've got to be convinced of your why and you've got to, you've got to want it to some extent. Yeah. Now that's kind of the, the practical worldly side. The other side that I think really fuels it even more is I'm convinced that God knows me. God loves me. He's called me here for a purpose that he has called me to love my wife and to lead my kids and to fulfill the assignment that he has for me. So the reason why the real reason why I'm putting all these rules in place is because I'm convinced that, that God has put me here for a reason and I don't want to miss a single thing. And so I'm gonna do everything I can to enable myself to be who God's created me so I could serve him fully and leverage my life for eternity. And so to me, that's the real kicker right there. And the rest of it is just kind of icing on the cake. And those are just kind of some tactics I can use here and there to really put me in the presence of God so that I can continue being who God's called me to be. Yeah. Again, it's that, that begin with the end in mind, the yep. motivation of I want to be the best I can be for God and the people that he's yep. entrusted me with um, as a leader. Therefore, so I'm going to go to bed on time. Right. Therefore, I'm going to wake up and read my yep. Bible and pray. Yep. Therefore, I'm going to w- uh, exercise right. and eat right. Yep. Um, therefore, I'm going to ask for forgiveness when I sin and I'm going to own it I'm gonna, when I mess up, right? Like like all these different things, like, okay, these are all really good things in and of themselves, but they're rooted in something really deep that are eternal. And yep. that's, I think, the empowering of the Spirit and the call to live the holy Christian life that he's called us to live. So, anyways. So I was I was reading about this and and uh, I I don't know if you would agree or disagree with this but I I think you can be as as nuanced in these things as you can and I think if you get so stuck in the weeds it's probably not going to be as effective. So when I was reading this this author uh, wrote an article I think I found it on the Gospel Coalition but um, he suggests there there are five areas and I don't I don't think it's yeah. probably uncommon 
a relationship with God, your personal life and your, your health being in, included in that relationship with other people, your church and your work. Yeah. So th- those five areas are kind of a place to start, kind of a framework. And then he, he said that he, he suggested a, a verse, a vision, and some practical nice. outworkings of that. Uh, so it's, it, that seems to be a decent structure. Have you found something different than that that works a little bit better? Or The phrase that I say all the time is discipline leads to life. And discipline meaning making the right choice no matter what it feels like. Um, you know, you make, like, whether or not you feel, you, choice, like you, you make your choices and your feelings follow. Like, like you don't, like you can't let your feelings be the determining factor in your yeah. choice. And what I found is as I'm disciplined, as I do difficult things, like, I didn't want to work out this morning, you know, I'm glad I did, but like, and once I get started, I'm fine. But like walking out there, my back sore, um, like, like I don't want to, but like you make the decision and then your feelings follow. And like, I'm a better person when I work out consistently when I don't, man, I'm again, I'm grumpy. And I think working out's a great stress reliever. It's good for anxiety. It's good for depression. It's good for all these things. And so it's like, whether I feel like it or not, I've kind of decided beforehand I'm going to do it, and this is the time slot I'm going to do it. And so for me, it's discipline leads to freedom. Um, and I think that's true, too. It's like, man, when Jesus says take up your cross and follow me, he's talking about, it. like, you're going to have to die to yourself. And, like, yourself is going to want a lot of things. But, like, we're going to have to seek first God's kingdom, and we're going to have to really uh, determine who we're going to be and the life we're going to live before we get to that moment. Because I heard Tim Kennedy say, you don't, this isn't him, but I just heard him say it recently. Like, like you don't, in the moment, you don't rise to the occasion. You rise to your level of training and preparation, right? And so, like, I'm trying to live the life that God's called me to live because who knows what is coming next. So I want to be disciplined now, and I want to manage the time that I have right now because I don't don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. But today I can can do what I know God's called me to do, and I can do those things— knowing that when I do these things, I'm closer to God. When I do these things, I'm a better human being for everybody around me. And when I do these things, I'm closer to that person that I really feel convicted that God's calling me to be as a man. No, that that's really good stuff. I think we'll, we'll wrap it up, but real quickly, what would you suggest to someone who, who were to say, maybe one of our listeners who's like, hey, I, I, don't, I don't have anything set up where... Where should I start? What should I do first? Well, the first thing is don't be overwhelmed because ideally you you have the rest of your life to kind of work some of this out. And if you try to do everything at once, you're going to die. I think we I think we talked about that a few podcasts ago too. Like it's always good to start small. And I think it's always good to start with the B goals. Like you got to determine who who what you really value and who you want to be before you can really get clarity in some of those other other areas of your life. And so like I think the exercise is take 48 hours minimum and pray and say like, God, what are the things that I value most? Um, what are the things that I really care about that I want people to be able to say about me at my funeral? And like, you may have to edit that and get revisions and really think through that, but don't just think, make sure they're, they're qualities, not actions, but also be able to, to write why you have those. Right. Um, like one of mine would be like, I want to be like when people see me, I want them to see somebody who serves. And that's interesting because in a lot of ways, I'm very servant and task oriented. Like I don't mind doing the dishes. I don't mind, um, 
doing some of the stuff behind the scenes. Like I don't mind doing those things, but but the one of the reasons why it's a, a goal for me is because like you see servant leadership in Jesus, like the like he calls us to serve like crazy in all kind of ways. But the other thing is because even though I'm doing good servant hearted things, my heart's not always in it. And so I don't want to just serve. I want to have the heart of service. That's good. And I know that for me, it's not enough to just say, I want to be known as somebody who serves like, Oh, he always did the dishes or vacuumed or picked up the house or whatever the, the task is. Yes. But like, I want to be known as somebody who actually has the heart of service. And that is actually a very big struggle for me. And so like, again, not just the action of service, but who you actually are and what you value and why and what it's rooted in. Um, and so really think through who has God called you to be? Who has he designed you to be? Because I'm not you and you're not me. And really get some clarity on who you want to be. And then you can begin to organize your life to make sure that if you live this way, it's going to help you achieve the kind of person that you know God's called you to be in the long run. Awesome. Very good. I would say, too, and you kind of hinted towards it, um, you know, as you're writing that stuff down, don't feel like you have to get it perfect the no. first time. It's a it's a living, breathing document Yeah. Uh, where, you know, as you go on, you know, maybe something two or three months from now kind of comes to your mind and heart and the Lord brings to your mind and uh, that you need to add or take off that or just refine or, you know, you, you find a verse that, you, you know, speaks to this thing and then, you know, you're reading your Bible and later on it's like, man, these, a couple other verses just really jump out to you and really speak to that, so... It's a living, breathing document that uh, will be edited countless times uh, for the rest of your life once you get started. Agreed. Good. Good stuff. Cool. Any other resources that we can give? You said you said what books were. I would start with the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry because that's going to talk about your work and rest balance, which we tend to struggle with. It's also going to talk about like your social media intake, which we tend to struggle with, and it's going to talk about um, really just your soul. And he writes in a way that's very engaging. And so I think it's a great place to start. Cool. Very good. Uh, Hunter, you have anything? Are you awake? <laughs> Hunter got him a little nap. No, I'm not awake. <laughs> you look good, though, dude. You, you've got that dad glow. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, 400 degrees in this room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, hopefully. I can't say anything better than what. Everybody else has said. Yeah. I feel like it's been. Uh, I feel like it's been good. Hey, uh, I'm gonna. I, I don't. I don't know how all the podcasting ins and outs work, but I'm gonna try to figure out how our show notes work uh, for, for the with the actual podcast yeah, stuff. So people and can the, just go click on a link. Yeah. to the book. Yeah. and such. Yeah, yeah. that'd be oh. cool. This would be a good way to do that. Some practical yeah. things that people can take with them. Absolutely. So, anyways, cool. Well, I appreciate you guys. I know this was a listen. We had a really narrow window to fit our podcast in. Yep. And we made it. We made it. We can't throw a football in our window in the NFL. <laughs> we can get this podcast here, here. All right. Well, hey, thanks for being here. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We hope it's been fruitful, and I think I think this has been a really good episode. I think the last two have been have been some of my favorites for sure. But until next time, this is this time, and we'll see you around the corner. Well, see you later. All righty then. Bye.